Hello and welcome back to Luther Witness Podcast. I'm your host, Roy Askins. Here on the Luther Witness Podcast, we read for you the articles written and shared on the Luther Witness website. So if you want to read these, you can go to witness.lcms.org to read the entire article for yourself. If you haven't had a chance, make sure you also subscribe to Luther Witness Magazine and get it in print 11 times a year right in your mailbox. Uh, to subscribe, visit cph.org witness. The April issue of the Lutheran Witness covers how the Gospels each portray Christ in a unique way while all the while teaching the same story, telling us the same story of Jesus Christ and him crucified for the world. To subscribe, visit cph.org witness. That's cph.org witness. Also want to give a huge shout out to our podcast partners, KFUO, KFUO.org, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. They help us with the podcast, and we want to give a huge shout out to them for their support. Visit KFUO.org to learn more about the work that they're doing as well. Our article for today is the third in a series of articles from the Reverend Dr. John T. Pless, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You can read part one and part two and part three on the Lutheran Witness website, witness.lsms.org. This is part three of that series. The article is Good Works in the Freedom of Faith by John T. Pless. We have traced Luther's argument in Freedom of a Christian that the inner person, the new creature in Christ, is fully and completely justified through faith without any works whatsoever. Works of the law do not contribute to righteousness before God. This was a radical teaching in the 16th century, and it remains so today. Luther's opponents were worried that this teaching would undercut morality. After all, if people did not need to engage in good works to secure their salvation, why bother attempting to live an ethical life? Luther recognizes the objection. While good works have no necessity for the inner person, they are necessary on account of the outer person, the old creature inherited from Adam. Good works are necessary for two reasons. First, they discipline the old Adam, not merely keeping him in check, but mortifying him, putting him to death. Second, good works are needed by my neighbor who lives in a fallen creation marked by hunger, sickness, and bodily deprivation. Works provide discipline. The inner person, quote, conformed to God and created in the image of Christ through faith, is joyful and glad on account of Christ, close quote. In Christ, the inner person recognizes that all good things are his without personal merit or worthiness. The inner person has the singular desire to, quote, serve God joyfully with boundless love and with no thought of earning anything, close quote. At the same time, there is a contrary will at work in the flesh. This will seeks not Christ, but its own interest. This is the struggle described by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7. Quote, For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Close quote. This puts the Christian, who exists as both inner and outer person, at the same time into a life of struggle against the impulses of sin. The outer person is continually crucified, put to death. See Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Good works discipline the body, bringing it into conformity with the inner person who lives by faith alone. These works of outer discipline do not bring about justification before God. Quote, because the soul has been cleansed through faith and made to love God, at the same time it wants all things, in particular the body, to be cleansed, so that all things may love and praise God with it. As a result, the human creature cannot be idle because of the demands of its body, and because of the body, it attempts to do many things to bring it under control. 
Nevertheless, these works are not what justify someone before God. Instead, the person who does them in compliance to God out of spontaneous love, considering nothing else than divine favor to which the person wishes to comply most dutifully in all things. Close quote. Luther does not prescribe specific works. Rather, each person will know what is necessary, quote, for suppressing the body's wantonness and desire, close quote. And they will do so without believing that by these outward disciplines they are made righteous before God. Those who turn to these disciplines with justification in mind not only blaspheme God, but injure themselves in body and mind. Quote, they suppose that if they do so many great works, then they will fare well and be made righteous, sometimes even injuring their minds and destroying or at least rendering useless what makes them human. Wanting to be justified and saved through works without faith is simply monstrous foolishness and ignorance of the Christian life and faith. Close quote. Works serve the neighbor. Faith focuses the Christian and his works back on his neighbor. Just as Adam worked prior to the fall, so the Christian has work to do on earth. Rather than drawing Christians out of creation, Luther's argument reinserted believers into the world where they do not remain idle. Their works do not make them holy, but because they are holy through faith in Christ, they do holy works for the benefit of the neighbor. Before discussing more fully Christians' good works and service to the neighbor, Luther clarifies once again the relationship of faith and works. Quote, good works do not make a person good, but a good person does good works, close quote. And, quote, evil works do not make any, a person evil, but an evil person does evil works, close quote. Quoting Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, Luther asserts that a good tree bears good fruit. Luther presses the illustration, reminding his readers that bad houses do not make bad carpenters, but good carpenters build good houses. Quote, for just as works do not make someone a believer, so also they do not make a person righteous. On the contrary, just as faith makes someone a believer and righteous, so also it produces good works. Close quote. Because works righteousness is something of a natural heresy, Luther does not compromise on the clarity of the gospel. Quote, a person is justified and saved not by works or laws, but by the word of God, that is, by the promise of God's grace and by faith. Close quote. He preaches both law and gospel, but he emphasizes that only the gospel bestows the forgiveness of sins and creates faith. Now, Luther addresses how the good works produced by faith benefit and serve the neighbor. Good works do not inflate our personal spirituality, but are, quote, ordered toward the advantage of others, close quote. Citing Philippians 2, Luther points out that just as Christ humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant, so also those who belong to Christ by faith submit in service to those in need. Such submission takes place only in the freedom of faith. It cannot be forced by the imposition of the law, much less by pope and church authorities. Luther then concludes, quote, Christian individuals do not live in themselves, but in Christ and their neighbor, or else they are not Christian. They live in Christ through faith and in the neighbor through love. Through faith, they are caught up beyond themselves into God. Likewise, through love, they fall down beneath themselves into the neighbor, close quote. This is Christian freedom. It stands in stark contrast to the fleshly freedom that enslaves and binds those who believe that their good works justify them before both God and the world. Luther's confession of Christian freedom liberates the conscience and enlivens us for a life of faith and love. We have come to the end of our three-part overview of Luther's freedom of a Christian. If you want to dig deeper, please visit the Lutheran Witness website where you can find three additional resources there on this article uh, here written by the Reverend John T. Pless.
Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this article. Uh, once again, as Professor Pless noted, there are three extra resources that he comments on at the end of this podcast or at the end of this article. Uh, go to that article. You can see it. Find it in the, the uh, links to this podcast to read those resources or find those resources on this uh, The Freedom of the Christian by Martin Luther. Once again, visit cph.org witness to subscribe to the Lutheran Witness in print. We encourage you to do so. Uh, by doing so, not only do you get some wonderful Lutheran teaching in your mailbox every month, but you also support this content and, and ensure that we're able to continue to proclaim this good news and help others look at the world from a Lutheran perspective.